This is Podflix, episode 153. I'm Nish. It is I, Paul. <laughs> it's Willie. <laughs> tis, tis him, Paul. Quite the intro, Paul. Quite the intro. Oh, goodness. Uh, today, we are we have gathered here today... To talk about the movie The Old Guard. That is that that's a movie that we watched. Um, this was a movie that came out on Netflix uh, about a month ago, I think mid-July. Yep, it was an action movie. This is a movie that answers the question: what if the Konami code worked in real life? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh this is yes, it is it is a movie about a band of uh immortal mercenaries. Um, it takes place in the present day, but these people have been alive for varying points in time. And uh, it's basically about how they deal with being immortal, how they deal with more or less kind of being superheroes because they can never die. Um, kind of. And um, and then how they deal with the introduction of a new member uh, to their midst, a, a young uh, Marine sergeant who finds out that she can't die. Um, and that's basically what the movie goes with. It's based on a comic book. Um, by Greg Rucka. Uh, I was not aware of the comic book. I haven't read the comic book. I know nothing about the comic book. Do you guys? No, nope, I didn't nah. know it was based on a comic book. So you just told us. There we go. <laughs> Wikipedia, ladies and gentlemen. That's yeah. Um, yeah. That's, oh, oh, wait, wait, I, I know I nothing about that. it other than that. It's... I read that comic book. It's called Wolverine, right? <laughs> <laughs> well said. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a fair amount in common uh, with with Wolverine's story in a lot of ways here uh, with the whole fact that these people can't die. They they have gruesome injuries at different points in the film and then kind of heal up, uh, you know, very slowly or instantaneously in some cases um, and, and get better. So um, we're not going to talk about uh in detail about the plot of this movie but we will be spoiling it as we go on and talk about different parts of the movie so the first thing i wanted to ask you guys is um the premise of this movie which is the idea of this band of immortal warriors who kind of spend their days basically saving humanity i mean what what it kind of gets into is the idea that these people like they they fight for good you know whatever they think is good they they, they are trying to kind of save people throughout humanity and, you know, the idea is that they're kind of making the world a better place, you know, and, and that's what they're spending their immortal lives doing. Um, what did you guys think about that idea uh, kind of going into the movie? Because that, that that was something personally that appealed to me when I heard we were going to be watching this movie and I looked up what it was about. I was like, that sounds cool. So I'll, I'll put yeah. that to you first. <laughs> I, I'm into it. I like Highlander. I like Wolverine. I'm into it. Period. Yeah, I think I think the idea is intriguing. Like, I'm I'm actually a pretty big Highlander fan, despite the mess that that franchise became. And how many is. movies did Highlander become? Uh, so it became four theatrical movies, one made-for-TV movie that is so bad, no one should even admit that it exists. And it also <laughs> was a, I think it was seven seasons of a TV show. Jesus. Um, same actor no it was the original actor the, the original character's cousin is in the tv oh. show and then they are both in the fourth movie together 
Wait, I thought in order to become the Highlander, you had to chop off somebody's head or some shit. No, Highlanders are just people from Scotland. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, the, no he's, he's, he's talking about that there can be only one part. There can be only one eventually, though. That's an eventually thing. Um, <laughs> oh, right. So, well, th- so to, to bring it back to this movie, like in Highlander, there are mortals who can only die if their heads get chopped off and they chop off each other's heads so they can get their power. In this movie, there are immortals who... I, I I really thought of them as video game characters who have a certain amount of lives and eventually like they use up all their extra guys and they die. Right. But you just never know what that number of lives is basically. Right, like, exactly. like, like what, what they kind of tell you is that at some point, like one day you just stop healing and nobody knows, oh, uh, like they haven't been able yeah. to figure out why or when it'll happen. But you know, at that point you're not immortal anymore. I do like that. I think that's a wrinkle. We've seen a lot of these immortal movies before, but the like, I don't know when yeah. I'm going to stop being immortal. I don't yeah. know what the fuck is going to oh, happen. Oh, yeah. I definitely before. liked that I, I idea a lot that. because it gave it. I mean, it gives the whole idea some stakes, right? Like they're, they're not just like literally going to be there forever. There is right. there. They it gives them the same kind of, you know, fear of death in a certain way that we have. You know, it's just mm-hmm. spread over a much longer timeline, obviously. So so that, yeah, I, I think that idea was was pretty good. Um there's a lot in this in terms of ideas that I thought was really good. Um, we will get to execution in a second. Uh, and, and we can talk about that for a little bit. But um, any other ideas uh, in terms of stuff they introduced in this movie that you thought was kind of uh, cool or neat? Um, it, it, that, that was sort of, like you said, Willie, like a wrinkle on kind of the usual, you know, guy, person who's been alive a long time, you know, like Wolverine kind of thing. A couple of things. One, like the dynamics of a team. I really like that, like, um, they're, they're connected in some way and you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So when new immortal person shows up, they're all kind of alerted to her via dream. And there and there's, they kind of reference this backstory, right? Where like, hey, this has happened a bunch before. We've gotten really good at locating them now, but in the past, it could take a hundred years to find this human being. Uh yeah, I like that. You know, it, like, is, it, it seems is, like we're we're coming in where like they figured some things out, but still don't know all the things. Yeah, it's it's interesting you bring that up. Um, the, yeah, this is a conceit. That, you know, when the, like you said, when the new uh, Marine Sergeant person comes up, comes uh, you know, becomes immortal basically uh, because she's not like immortal like from when she's born. It's like all of a sudden she like heals up, and from that point forward, she can't be hurt, um, or she can be hurt, but she'll always heal. Um. She has a dream about the rest of the immortal warriors and they have a dream about her. And then they explain later that this is kind of what happens and they're sort of all drawn to be together. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. It reminded me a lot of another Charlize Theron movie, uh, which is um, have you guys seen Hancock? The, the yes. old Will Smith. And yeah, there was a thing there with sort of the twist of Hancock, which was basically that Charlie Theron's character. Sorry, spoilers for Hancock, which is a really fucking <laughs> long time ago. Charlie Theron's character is also a superhero like Will Smith, and they've been alive for thousands of years and they are drawn to each other, um, kind of irresistibly drawn to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminded me very much of that. It was like, especially since it was Charlie Theron again, who is the star of this movie. Yeah, um, I have to, okay, I have so to that's, say, that's, I, uh, that's, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I didn't really, I didn't, the dreaming thing didn't work for me. And the reason that it didn't work for me was it, it, it felt very much like, well, these people need to find each other, so I guess let's invent a way to do it. And the reason it felt like plot contrivance to me is because they never established 
like there's a reason they should be together or there is like some benefit to them like knowing about each other like there because if there's a purpose for these immortals we don't know what it is and they don't even hint that there is like they don't even hint that there might possibly be one um so without the the notion of something potentially being bigger it just feels like well, if we don't do this, like we can't come up with a better way for for the old people to find the new person. So, we'll this is what they'll have to do, like and it it just felt like like I I don't need much to hang my hat on. Like you give me like the littlest nugget of like plot convenience and I'll grab onto it. But this just felt like absolutely nothing. It was just like, yeah, we just need them to find them. They'll they'll dream about each other and they can find uh, each other. I disagree with that and here's why. Like these like Charlize Theron, we never get the answer of how old she is. Yeah. Right. Thousands of years old, maybe, right? Um, sure. Like, yeah, somebody's immortal getting shot or stabbed or sliced in the neck and they're healing. Like, it's pretty easy to figure that out. I think they needed to find a way to rectify the fact that, like, some of these people have been, like, hanging out for a thousand years. You would have no idea this uh, this person even existed on another continent unless this was like the connection or way to find each other. And I thought it was a nice way to kind of cover that or at least like connect the story in that way. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. I didn't, like, that's I didn't, my point. I didn't have because... any. Yeah, I, I didn't have any problem myself with the idea of the dreaming. I felt like the way it was handled was not good. I mean, I guess I'm. this is going to get into a lot of details about stuff. But but since we're talking about the dreaming scene right now, um, the way that scene plays out is we're introduced to the new character to, to her name is Niall, um, the, the Marine Sergeant, Niall Freeman. We're introduced to her. We have no idea who the fuck she is. She's in Afghanistan. She um, goes, you know, they're looking for this, uh, this guy, this bad dude who's like hanging out in, you know, they talk to some women about her. He's hiding out in this one, you know, room or something. And they, they ambush him or team ambushes them or whatever. And they kill him, and then basically he slices her throat. And then it cuts to these guys having a dream of her. And I, so I watched this movie with my brother, and he turned to me and he's like, who the fuck was that? And why am I supposed to care what the fuck just happened to her? And I agreed. I mean, I, we, we both knew that something was coming up at the end that we were going to find out. But I thought that scene would have been way more effective if we had stayed with her the entire time. If we had had flashes of her being rushed to the emergency room, and in the middle of those flashes, we had seen her dreams of the other characters who we already knew. So we would know exactly what she's dreaming of. And we would know that they're hinting some kind of connection there. And then she would have woken up and not had the scar on her um, on her uh, throat. And she would have been wigged out. And I think that would have been way more effective because we would have gotten more of her story before they ever found her. We didn't need to have them being like, we had a dream about her. What's her name? Like, well, we got to go find her. Like they could have just showed up. Like that was all shit that in my opinion, we didn't need to see. And I think it would have been way more effective had we stayed with her story and not cut. So that, I mean, that was what I didn't like about that, I'll, that whole part. I'll, I'll take it even further than that, because as soon as she showed up, like as soon as she got her next life, I was like, okay, like, like they're not showing us this for no reason. Like, right. You know, but yeah, okay. She's going to be an immortal. And like, I think they should have opened the movie with that scene. <laughs> And then, um, you know, yes. she does it. She has the dreams. Then they could have showed the opening of the movie, and because then you really would not what not not know what the fuck was going on, right? Um, I, I I I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's 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 move from this for a second. I want to talk about acting a little bit because, well, quite honestly, I want to talk about some of the positive aspects of the film, and this is one 
this is a part where I have positive things to say. <laughs> so um, that the acting in the film, um, I I thought personally, I, I didn't really have an issue with the acting in this film. Like I, I thought everybody did a pretty good job. Uh, the people I wanted to single out who were also my two favorite characters in the film were Joe and Nikki, who were the two gay immortals together. Oh, like, were, I liked them. The I liked them a lot. And I thought they were really charismatic, really cool. Um, and I like every time they were like they were the poochie of the movie for me, where it was like every time they were <laughs> in the movie, I was like, where's Joe and Nikki? Like, I want more Joe and Nikki. <laughs> So yeah, I, I like them a lot. Uh, I, I also liked uh, the guy Booker. I mean, they spent a little more too much time with him, but I think he did a fairly effective job at conveying like what a drag it could be to be immortal and like have your family have like died years ago and everyone you love kind of and, and had grown up with like not be alive anymore. Like he sold that part to me. Um, I, I didn't think the, the plot or the, sorry, the uh, script did a great job of that, but I thought his acting did a pretty good job. So overall, I like the acting in this movie, I guess, is what I'm saying. I agree. Um, actually, I there's the no brainers, right? The main characters. But I actually right, I think skip what them. Makes, <laughs> yeah. I, I think what makes the movie work actually is Chiwetel Ejiofor for me. Uh, anybody else plays that role or that role is played by a shitty actor or just not done as well. And the movie doesn't quite click. He, he's quite to me he was the glue of the movie because he was so strong. Um and by the way, man, like this is somebody that like I think first came on our radar when we first started doing Podflix 15 years ago and he was this no-name dude. And then like much like Podflix became critically acclaimed with millions of fans. Uh, and it's nice to see him making a comeback now. Yeah. No? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that. Just yeah. like Podflix. No, I'm, 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 I'm glad you mentioned Chiwetel. Um I, I didn't necessarily feel like he was given a lot to work with here. And I did. I felt like he did a no. ton with what he was given. Like, I, I loved seeing him every time he was on. I'm also someone I think all three of us are are people yeah, who really yeah. like him to begin with. Um, I, I had a, he he his character here was very similar in a lot of ways to the operative from Serenity. Yeah, um, I, I felt like it was like very similarly written in. But Serenity is a better movie and he's a better character in that movie. Agreed. I, I, and we haven't talked about it yet, but uh, like, I am always fucking down for um, when Charlize Theron is playing. I, I have no fucks left to give yes. character. Like she yes. plays that so well um, that I, I, I will always enjoy that. Um, I think, I think you that's know really what? Good. She was also. Um, we haven't really touched on like what anybody's role is, but she's like essentially Lord Badass of the Immortals, right? She's yes. the leader. The admiral captain whatever you want to general of the of the crew there um yeah i'd be scared of her like she was she plays the badass exceptionally well yeah no she she really does it was like it was funny to think about again i was talking to my brother after the movie ended and i was like do you remember like when charlie theron started her career she was like the girl in like the legend of bagger vance and like shit like that like it's like they like they had no idea what to do with her i think you know what i mean because she was just this really pretty girl and it was like we'll put her in pretty girl roles and it was like man they were misusing her like you know it, considering what she's like turned into and what she's you know she's basically like been like sigourney weaver 2.0 kind of like she's like the, that's a really good way to put it yeah, yeah like like that's really like what she is she is like the 
like action, like female action star uh, right now. And she's great. Yeah, she's really her action great scenes were great. I don't know if this is in your kind of rundown, but like no, the let's, fight let's, scenes were fucking awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, let's, let's, let's talk about the fighting scenes, actually, because um, I, right. I agree. I, I thought they were the, the hand to hand combat was was pretty impressive in, in certain parts of this film. Um, yeah, and and you could tell it was not CG or made up. Like that was real, like action combat filming there. Yeah, my main thing was that I, and you know, this will, this will get to kind of more of you know, my issues with this movie is that it's like I just wanted more of it. Like it just felt like it felt like they were really? stingier with that than I would have expected. Yeah, a little bit, a, a little bit. Yeah, like, like her, like destroying like a hundred dudes in the church in Black Ops wasn't enough for you. But okay, so there's that. There's her one-on-one scene with the with with Nile on the plane, and there's yeah. the ending fight. Uh, specifically the part with her and the axe, the the fire like the firefighter's axe in uh it, you know in that one guy. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, th- those are the that's you know we counted them on one hand there. I don't know. I, I, I you know, we're, we're going to I don't know quite what to segue into. But, you know, one of the things I had with this film was that it's like this film felt like it. It didn't know what the cool it didn't realize what the hookiest part of its premise was and like didn't lean into that enough to me. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's true. I mean, to go back, like, I, I think you're right that the movie didn't know what was cool about it. Like. Like to go back briefly, like they establish in the opening um, parts of the movie, like that they have this awesome fighting style that's a mix of like guns and they're they each have their preferred weapon, like their like martial weapon, like they have a sword or she or Charlize Theron has that awesome like Celtic axe or whatever it is, um, and it's really cool. And then th- th- like they're good at like flowing seamlessly between them, and they do this as like a really cool thing. And then they don't do that style of fighting pretty much again. They do it a little bit in the in the climax of the movie. At the but end, yeah, a little bit. It. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, like it's like that is the cool part. Not them firing a bunch of guns. Like the cool thing would be like a bunch of people firing guns at them, which we do get a lot of that. And them mm-hmm. using fucking axes and swords and shit. Like that's fucking cool. Um, and, and that's what I would have liked to see a little more of. Um Dare we? What you guys think? Sorry, go I ahead. Was say, yeah. What did you think about the callback to her lover and the, maybe the year one thousand who got buried under sea and all that? Oh stuff? yeah, I'm glad you bring that up. I like that a lot. And, and specifically, I would say the idea of her. Her name is Quinn, I believe, and she's like Persian or something. The idea of her being, um, sorry, Viet, not not Persian. She's a Vietnamese. Um, the idea of her being uh, locked in an Iron Maiden and being buried at the bottom of the sea and drowning over and over again for eternity was fucking cool. I mean, it's horrifying, but that was a cool idea. That was imaginative. That was the kind of imagination that I was like hoping to see in more of the movie. Like, cause, yeah. cause that was a good idea. I felt like it was like, that is a horrific fate for someone. And that really gets across like what could go wrong if you're immortal. It also describes why she's like, uh, what's what's her character's name? Andy. Why she Andy yeah. is like a total like fucking grumpy goat and like kind of scarred after two thousand years of helping people. Like, yeah, the person I cared about most is buried somewhere at the bottom of the ocean, consistently drowning every minute for five hundred right. years. Right, and I have no idea yeah. where she is. Right, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I like I, that a I, lot. I, I like that concept. I hate that that 
resolve was like a plot hook for a sequel like that kind of took yes. a lot of wind out of the sails for me uh, on that. i mean again that, that that's actually i did reading on this and there, there will be a second movie this yeah was, um, yeah well this, this movie has been fairly successful so i have no doubt there will be a second movie but it was streamed seven seven it was streamed yeah. 75 million times in july like it 75 was a million it was times pretty. and and it got pretty good reviews it has an 81 on rotten tomatoes and a 70 on metacritic so i mean that's you know it, worse movies than that get sequels something to note about her character and the way in which they brought her back at the very end which is the ultimate spoiler like how the movie ends right is right. um I don't know if you guys noted this. Generally, when that type of scene happens, it happens after the credits. Right. Like, think of any, and they and intentionally did not do it after the, they didn't do it after the credits. They did it before the credits because we know that Netflix is just going to push you. What's going on over there? Netflix is just going to push you on to the credits and onto your next movie, right? Yeah, but they did their version of that because they did it after, like they had the title card at the end of the movie. Um and then they did that. Like they clearly said, the movie is over, right? <laughs> and and then they sh- then they showed you that scene, um, which like by and large, like I didn't like. I I I, I like getting a sequel or not. Like I didn't need that hit at the end there to come through. Like that was not necessary. Well, also I'm trying to figure out. Also, I, but, I like. Sorry, yeah, go, go no, go ahead. I, I actually like. We've been talking about this now for a good twenty minutes. It sounds like Paul, you didn't like this movie. Um, oh, I, I think I, I I didn't like this movie either. <laughs> like, oh, I, and, and I, I love I, this movie, I, and I want to bring up why I didn't like this movie, and that like the the Quinn thing is is the easiest oh, thing to start with um, to get into why I didn't like this movie. Oh my god, the plot and like the narrative beats of this movie, like holy shit! Like, okay, let's start with this Quinn thing at the end, right? A, a, a sequel like that, like like a thing like that, right? It should leave you being like, oh, my God, like, dude, like she's back. Right. Instead, you knew that was coming. That instead, was tele- that was telegraphed. Instead, all it was, before. it was like Planet of the fucking Apes, where I was just like, what? Like, how did she get out? How does she even know who the fuck Booker is? How did she find Booker? Why is she here with Booker? Why didn't she try to find the other people? Like, it's like there's so many questions. It's like, why would she be here? in this place with this guy right now. <laughs> and if and if she's been out for all this, like, why isn't, why didn't Niall dream about her being around if she's dreaming about all the other immortals, right? Like, it's just like, uh, yeah, th- there's like so much. So, uh, yeah. Oh my God. Like I, uh, I like I tried to remember after the movie, it's like there are five or six different things I need to like bring up that are just ridiculous <laughs> in this movie. And I, and it's like, I'm going to forget some of them. I'm sure. But Okay, the the biggest ones to me. So here's the deal. Oh my god, my fucking uh, machine back there. <laughs> it sounds like a bus backing up. Yeah, it really does. Ugh. You need to back. You need to back your bus up to there. I do. I do need to back, back your bus back up. your bus up. Paul, tell me why you didn't like the movie. Yeah. Um. I I, I mostly did the, the the way they handle the. The way, the way they handled the immortality of the characters was weird to me and never quite landed for me. Like, I didn't understand, like, certain things, I, like, as soon as I started thinking about the movie when it was over, it's like certain things started occurring to me, like, 
shouldn't these people be the fucking richest people in the world like it's not oh, it's not they're not they're, yeah yeah they're not taking care they're, they're not taking advantage of compounding interest for sure yeah absolutely <laughs> like it, like if you want to help people that's like, like that's fine and whatnot like you can totally do that but like they're also hey, like side note are you you drinking a beer over there Maybe I am. Um, what you what you got? Corona? Yeah, that's what was in the fridge. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I just, yeah, it it felt like, and I generally speaking, I would say it felt like an idea that needed a little more time to coalesce. Um, like there was, there was a lot going on. It was trying to tell a co- coherent story. It was clearly trying to set up a series of movies between between the the Chuitel stuff and the introduction introduction of the new character um like andy's whole situation um the 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 woman coming back at the end i've forgotten her name already um and they spent i feel like they spent a lot of time place setting for the next like not even the next movie but like the next series of movies and it was yeah. just like you don't need to do all this in this movie like just make this a good movie and then you can make a sequel like i i don't need 25% of this movie to be like laying the groundwork for the 10 movies, the, the 10 old guard movies are to come after it. Like, and like it's, and it maybe if they had done it better, I would have liked it better, but like, I could just see them rearranging the furniture in this movie so much saying like, Oh, look, we're putting this into place. We're putting this into place. All right. Like we got enough runway here to make like five movies. Aren't you excited? Right. And I was just like, oh, come on. I don't know, man. I mean, here, here's the, the counterpoint to that is, um, much like when we when we did our um, mini flicks on Palm Springs, right? There, there's that thing where you're like, yeah, I've seen this. I've seen this formula before. Time loop thing, funny, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it's pretty hard to um, cover something like the idea of being immortal and getting a gang together and like, you know somebody's trying to figure out why you're immortal. Like we've, we've actually covered this in many movies. Uh, I, I half joked about Wolverine, but like, it's not, it's not that far apart. It's just five of them instead of one of him. Right. Yeah, but, um, but, the, but none of that stuff was my problem. Like you can take that idea. Like, like I said, they found an, an original twist to put on immortality. It was like the specific way they handled the plot, which is like, they weren't clearly weren't trying to tell a self-contained story. They were trying to launch a franchise. Uh, so, and the, here's the funny thing about that, right. Is, um, I think the way these deals are structured is very different when you're doing it on Netflix. When you're launching Marvel franchise, you can count on the box office to help pay higher and higher salaries for all these folks, but it doesn't work that way for Netflix. Yeah, I, I mean, I get that, but I think like if they hadn't had the the Chuitel scene at the end where they're like, you're going to work for us now, and they hadn't had like the bookend scene with um, the other woman whose name I keep forgetting, like what percentage of people would have not watched the sequel like yeah i think, I, I, I i totally agree so part of my issue with the movie is similar i i wouldn't have phrased it the exact way that you did paul but but i think it comes out to the same thing which is that like it felt like this movie was like um and it this this movie when i was watching it like it felt like the second movie, like, like it felt like it's like, it felt like I had missed the first movie and this was the sequel already where it was like, what happened to the part where we like get to see like these people just being badasses period. And like the part where we like get to actually like, I don't know, see them doing stuff through history instead of just like hearing about it a little bit and like seeing little glimpses here and there, like that would have been cool. 
Like the, I think you, that's you the creativity in the writing, uh, though. You mentioned the, Wolverine, the next movie could right? be the, the next movie could be a prequel. Uh, but it's not going to probably. You mentioned you mentioned Wolverine, which is a horrible, horrible movie. The the or X Men Origins Wolverine, right? The one with uh, Leif Schreiber as Sabretooth. But the oh, only yeah. good scene in that movie is the opening montage where it's like the two of them fighting like the Civil War together. Then they're like fighting like the Spanish American War, and then like World War One and World War. Like I wanted to see that kind of shit. Where it's like I wanted to see like it, not as even the main part of the story, but at least some kind of like little flashbacks where you got a sense of like, oh, like these guys did some cool shit together. Instead, I felt like there was a lot of telling and not showing a lot of like, you're, OK, you're telling me this is who they are and that they're family together and all this kind of stuff. But it would be easier to just show me some of that shit, like show me how they became like so close. There were so many, there were so many ends of scenes where like they would cut to like a landscape or something like an establishing shot. And I was like, okay, like we're going to get the title card. That's going to say like 1815 or whatever. Right. And And it never came for that to happen. And it never did. The the, the other issue, which is what I was going to start ranting about um, that I had with the thing was just so like, Movies exist in like their own universes, right? And like a lot of superhero movies exist in what I would call like a heightened reality. Like it's our world, but it's like clearly like not quite our world. You know, like the MCU is like this. DC movies are like this. And so because of that, you can kind of like I can wave away. And this is just me personally. I can wave away a lot of plot holes in those things because it's like, eh, like, you know, this is comic book land. But this movie, I feel is like really supposed to take place in our reality like our world and these are these people who are like making it better like because there's nothing else that is like heightened about this except the five of them everything else is like exactly the way it is given that how is it at all realistic that a person is going to break into a u.s military base in afghanistan knock out a bunch of people steal a a a marine out of there commandeer a vehicle and the military never goes after her no one's looking for them I like, mean, I did think immediately it was insane. like, you know, there would be choppers everywhere looking for that truck driving through the desert. Two days later, they had her cell phone, her cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> How is the military right. not there right that second? They can track a fucking cell phone. Come on. Like, like right, so- I just could not get past that shit. There was no Can need I? for it. And it was so ridiculous. I could go on and on. They they get to that cemetery or that church or whatever, and then they find them. How? How did they find them? They, it's just like, oh, they found us. It's like they found your hiding place. How did they find your hiding place? How is it they don't find any of your other hiding places? They're in that mine <laughs> later, and they're like perfectly happy to be in that mine. Like no one's finding them there. But somehow they like totally infiltrate their like their secret church hiding place oh, like well the Ro- the rodan sculpture hides a lot of things i guess um, so i mean there so, was shit like that all over the movie where i just it was just like oh my god like who is writing this <laughs> what not to throw more fuel on this fire the the actually the one part of the uh, i actually quite enjoyed this movie and i, and I will absolutely watch the second hey, one but lots of people enjoyed this movie okay so you're not alone i was astounded because of how much i was like this is not a good movie to like find out that nah, everybody thought it was so you know the bad guy in this movie was totally stupid Yes. <laughs> well, I he was he was stupid, but I liked the concept of Big Pharma as the bad guy like that. <laughs> I did. And, and I liked that it was it was Dudley from the Harry Potter movies, which was kind of hilarious, <laughs> was the bad guy. 
I'm glad to see him I've getting work. Him. <laughs> he he yeah. was like he was surprisingly cool with just like extreme violence and people with guns walking around like like there's something else going on there because uh, it was just like he's supposed to be like this corporate pharma CEO guy and now he has like he's like torturing people and like doesn't care and it's like there's yeah. some backstory to that guy that we don't know yes and it, sure. he, he really looked comfortable like hefting that axe at the end <laughs> i know like, he was that's like, where I was like to go okay. to town with that let me get this right the ceo of a pharma company that's supposed to know numbers and metrics and how to grow a business is like i'm gonna grab this fucking axe right now and fight these immortals like okay i i did have i did have a very like i did have like a fuck yeah moment when when now goes in and gets them all off the table and like they're coming out of the lab and they're all armed and like and healed up and i'm just like oh man you just pissed off like a whole group of immortals who are coming to kick your fucking no ass. i i agree that was cool and i was really like even though they weren't using their swords as much as i would like i liked that whole sequence where like then they get out into the hallway and they're like all five of them are basically badasses and it's like that's what I wanted to see more of. I wanted to see the I wanted to see this group as a team being badasses together. Like that's why you have five of them. Not so that two of them can get captured midway through and spend like half the movie sitting on like a hospital table. Yeah. Although I have to say, being immortal must just make you a badass because Niall got a pretty become a pretty amazing hand to hand fighter in like the twenty four hours since she died. Like I, I know she was a marine and all that, but like she was holding her own with the other immortals pretty quickly. The, the the other thing, like th this one gets to character motivations a little more, but the other thing I didn't like, and it sounds like maybe you disagree, uh, Willie, it, it wasn't that I had, it, it wasn't that I wanted it to be different, I just didn't buy it, quite honestly, was Charlie Theron is like a major grump throughout the movie, right? And and it, especially in the beginning, like she's, you know, they're they're talking about like, uh, you know, they take the first mission in Sudan or whatever, and you know, the Nikki's like, oh, we could do some good. And she's like, what does it matter? Like, why are we even doing good? Like, look, the world's getting worse. And it's like, where is this coming from? Like, you've been alive for like 2000 years. Your girl like died like 1500 years ago or something. Like, <laughs> it, it, what is it like? Have you been this way for 1500 years? If not, I don't I don't think that's the case, because I think Booker would never have joined them, quite honestly, if that was the case. But like, what has happened all of a sudden to make her so grumpy you never get an answer and in my opinion the only reason is because she needs to be grumpy so that they can show her at the end about all the good that she's done you know in in that thing where you know uh she would tell edgy for like his his big uh bulletin board that shows him like look at all this good that you did look at all these people you saved and then it's like oh this is the meaning that didn't make sense to me it it, it seemed to me that if i was someone who had lived for two thousand years my arc would have been very similar to hate to bring it up again groundhog day where it's like in the beginning i would have been like this rocks being immortal then i would have been this sucks being immortal i'm gonna try to kill myself all the time and then at some point i would have made my peace with it and been like okay i'm here for the rest of eternity as far as i know what do i do with it and then it's like i'm going to try to save people and i'm gonna be really into that this is what gives my life purpose and i would have bought her more as like a morpheus kind of character like a character who's like really righteous about like this is what we do like this is who we are like this is why we're immortal like that would have made way more sense to me as the person who had lived the longest i totally understand the other dude booker since he's the newest quote unquote being really emo about it because it's <laughs> like he hasn't had time to like go through all of that maybe i mean he's only had 200 years or whatever um but it's like 
I, I just didn't buy that. It, it just didn't make sense to me that she would be like so down in the dumps about it. And if he is down in the dumps, why on earth is she the person who goes to like get Nile? Like send Nikki. He seems pretty happy. Like, why would you want to be like, like, why would you want to be indoctrinated? I know she's the leader and that's probably why. But it's like, I would not want to be indoctrinated into this group by the person who's like, just like has a piss poor attitude and is just like, oh, are you fucking done? Like, like the whole time, like basically acting like grumpy Harrison Ford the whole time. Yeah. And speaking of like, and speaking of going to get the new person, like she has to be like the least inquisitive immortal ever. Cause like, she's like, all right. She's like, I right, come with me and I have answers. I'm like, yeah, good. We're going to, we're going to find something out. And right. she's just like, like the one question she asks is basically like, why are we like this? And Charlie Sarah's like, I don't know. I don't know. And, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's just like, wait, what? Like, fuck, like ask a couple questions. Find out what the hell's going on. Like, Get the details. I don't know. Yeah, I just. Uh, I do this, think I, what, what, the reason that this movie gets me so got me so annoyed because it's not the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. But I think that's the problem is that it's like I feel like there was so much of a good movie in this, like like yeah. the, the premise and like where they could have gone with it. Like, I'll be honest with you, I will probably still give the sequel a try only because I feel like it's like maybe they fixed it. Like, like, like this is fixable. It's what I, what I don't like about this movie is very fixable, in my opinion. Yeah, if I agree. Know, yeah, I agree. Totally. I was going to I was just about to say, like, there is the core of a good idea here and they they do have some interesting ideas and like they could fix it like this. They they could redeem themselves like they, they could come back. And I and and I will, despite whatever rating I end up giving this, I will probably watch the sequel to, to find out if they do yeah um, because, agreed i will too the ideas are interesting but i have a little a little spoiler there is that I, I did some reading on um rough strokes about what the second comic book is about and it is um andy's girlfriend for the love of god we need to find her name quinn it's quinn uh, okay so quinn um it's it's something different in the comic books but it's quinn in the in the movie yes. I, I i watched this movie with the subtitles on and like Quinn is like Q W Y like N T H yeah, like I yeah. was like what Quinn yeah. I I read a little bit about this it's like the the um the character in the comic book is Japanese but the um actress who played her in the movie is Vietnamese and so she asked like could I actually like have a Vietnamese name since I'm Vietnamese and they're like and the writer was like sure like we'll just change you to a Vietnamese character and so that's so what Quinn her, is she kind of plays the role of Magneto in the next in the next movie i figured that might be the case that that's kind of lost like where it was faith going. in her, her ideas that like yeah we're not here to help humanity like they're lost we're here to like just end humanity is is um charlie Theron's character is she supposed to be egyptian or where is she supposed to be she's from scythia uh which i'm trying to remember where scythia is that's like one of those like balkan areas uh -huh. like in in, in like in ancient Greek times, it was like somewhere around there, like near like Macedonia and all that. Anish, what's what's the capital of Scythia? No. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't do capitals of places that don't exist anymore. <laughs> it's for Scythia, right? Yes, exactly. It's a it's a big yellow bush. He used it previously. It was three Scythia. <laughs> so we're devolving into dad jokes. <laughs> I guess we're done talking about the movie then. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Is there anything else uh, worth mentioning, uh, good or bad, about this uh, about this movie? I'm trying to think. Um, we talked about the fight choreography and anything. I don't I don't know that there was anything particular about the way this movie was 
shot otherwise or not really the special yeah. effects were pretty good of them like healing and stuff that was pretty cool that was cool yeah especially when that. she fell you know off the building hit the car and was all crooked and yeah. shit that was cool i like that it was like appropriately gruesome like it like like you wouldn't want too much of that but it was a nice touch it was like that's the kind of like off kilter thing that i think makes a movie memorable to me like little yeah. bits like that where it's like yeah it's like more of that please I, I did like I did like whenever someone got killed, there was like a brief not panic, but there was a brief concern like you're coming back, right? Like you're not your time's not up. Um, yeah, they would always ask like, "You okay? You with me? Yeah, you there? I can't remember what they asked. You there? Yeah, they, they yeah, ask, yeah. Like, are you, or, or are you with me? Yeah, yeah. You still with me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't take it for granted, right? Yeah, which which makes sense. I mean, like you said, like that that I think is you know one of the you know kind of smart decisions that i guess you know they they made i guess in the comic book originally oh i did have one more thing i wanted to mention really briefly i won't take a long time with this but the way that they kind of find well it's it's not the way that we find out you know we find out that they're not really immortal because they just tell us but the way that they found out that they're not really immortal is because one of them died a long time ago and they show this dude for like a uh, two seconds and An like show him show him dying and um and then it's like his I guess his name's Lycon and like they show him dying it's like we never hear anything about him we never hear like any story about him or any, and it's just like again like uh, I I don't know there are times when I like that they don't hold your hand through things in movies but this isn't one of them this is one of these things where it's like did you like cut a whole subplot about this dude like tell us about him who was he like who was he to you guys like yeah <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it just was baffling to me that it was just like thrown in there. Those, th- those, those are the few moments that take place at a different time. And I got the sense of like, I, I don't know why, but like, it just felt like they had no budget for it because they're like, they're like, we're going to put you in these period costumes and we're going to shoot you in ultra extreme close up so you cannot see any scenery or get any context for what's going on. And then we're just going to like have very brief scenes like that. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. So yeah, that, that's the other thing I remembered that was kind of like, you know, what what are they doing here? I just, yeah. But yeah, I don't really have, you know, technically I don't, you know, think it was, there was anything notable or unnotable about this movie, you know, other than um, the fight choreography, which I thought was pretty good. Should we slap some ratings? Let's do it. Let's slap some ratings. So we'll do a we'll we'll do a sandwich since I think we know what we all feel about this. So um, <laughs> I will I will start and then we'll do Willie and then we'll do Paul. So um, in the end, I'm going to give this movie two stars, which is more than you might have thought, given how I was ranting about it. But like I said, I'm prepared to watch the sequel for this, which means there's something in this movie. You know, it's not all bad. Uh, or anything like that. And like I said, I think the premise is quite good. Like I was very excited about the premise and there are still some things about it. I thought they did well. And the acting is good. I I have no issue with the acting in this movie. I think it's well done. I like the people in it. I wish that we saw more of them sometimes. Um, But I just feel like to me, the, the, the plot decisions and like the realism was just baffling to me uh, at times. And, and I felt like, you know, I'll say it again that I think they completely miscalculated what was cool about their premise and and didn't lean into that enough. So two stars. OK. Uh, I will preface this with. Um, gosh, summer blockbusters don't exist this summer. Yeah, that's true. 
However, that was my mindset going into this is like, this is the summer blockbuster, um, which means it needs to be interesting enough. The action needs to be cool. And like, I can suspend reality and I get too hung up on some of the bullshit. And I didn't, uh, I did in the least and I enjoyed it. And I had planned on watching it in halves, uh, because it was late at night and I blew through the whole thing and I enjoyed, I enjoyed it tip to toe. And I thought the acting was good. I thought the action scenes were good. Some of your hangups are not hangups for me. Uh, I'm going to rate this far higher than both of you. I'm sure. Um, if you just want an enjoyable movie that has a weirdo premise with some like, or a premise that you've seen before that has a slightly different tilt to it, then I think this is definitely worth a watch and it's a four out of five. All right, right Paul. Um, so yeah, I think that um, like you dish, there's, there's the core of it. So there's some interesting ideas in this movie. And um, you know, I, I am like a person who was primed to love this movie, like fucking movies about immortals kicking ass, like right up my wheelhouse. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, and it, it, in some ways it landed for me in a lot of ways it didn't. Um, things I, like I mentioned, like too much setting up a franchise. Um, like for some reason I kept thinking of in a weird way, I kept thinking of the fast and furious movies. Like you watch that first movie and it's like, fuck, they're just making a movie and they have no intention of making nine or eight sequels or whatever, <laughs> nine sequels, depending on like, you don't need to do all that place setting um, to keep making more movies. Like you just need to make a good movie. Um, so I would have liked a, a lot more of that and a lot, uh, like a lot less of that, and a lot more of good movie. Um, and um but the you know but there's nuggets of good things in there so you know i'm gonna give i'm also giving this movie a two i will watch the sequel um you know this movie probably gets a whole extra star for me just for the scene where the two guys are kidnapped and they to get to the airport and they open the back of the van and they've killed all the guys and they're just like hey can you take these cuffs off for us and they're just like god damn it get in here like stop killing our guys for us um those two guys were so it was good those guys are so charming and so funny yeah um i will i I will say though even in that scene um my brother and i looked at each other and he said to me he's like so they're not going to show us that badassery like 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 of course they're not going to show us them like beating the shit out of all these guards in a car no that that reveal worked for me like i didn't need to see them take those the take those four guys apart or whatever it was like that that one worked for me i didn't need to see that one but yeah fair enough i would have liked to have seen more of it for sure give me give me more of charlize with that axe man like yeah mm-hmm. it's like Chekhov's axe she uses it a couple of times and that's kind of it like i don't know it can it can be redeemed though and i hope that it is all right the next one's not going to come out for a minute for a lot of reasons but um Apparently, Char- Charlize Theron prefers to do like action movie than like yeah s- serious movie than action movie. So yeah, kind of change they, it up a little bit. They likely will not start filming this for another year or two. So it's it's going to be a minute before the second one comes out. They have to wait till after the Eon Flux sequel is finished. <laughs> That's right. I never saw that one. Atomic Blonde two. I didn't see Atomic Blonde. I heard it was really good. Atomic Blonde's good. Yeah, I I, uh, I watched it uh, a while back on TV, and yeah, it's quite good actually. I liked it a lot. Did you guys happen to see the movie she was in with Seth Rogen, where she's like, no, yeah, what, what's Long Shot? Is that what it is? Or is that yeah? <laughs> yeah, it was remarkably entertaining. Yeah, she's she's good. I mean, she is really versatile. 
and I like her in most things I see her in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good for Charlize, even if, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of this movie in particular. Um, She's great. We'll assume she got paid for this. Yeah. Oh, she absolutely got paid for this. Yeah, I would be surprised if she didn't. (laughs) All right. So that's that's the old guard. Um, Some other things to talk about. Uh, So. You talked about summer blockbusters, Willie. Um, We don't have summer blockbusters this year. Are we going to have movies this year in in theaters really much at all? No, I mean, we got this drive in thing going on, but yes, um, which is interesting. We talked about that. last. We, night. We've been tracking tenant for for a couple weeks now um and i think last we spoke it was like oh they're just gonna like roll it out to limited theaters and now it's been announced it's not coming out in theaters in the u.s at all but internationally it will come out and i'm, I'm curious one the volume of piracy that will happen and yeah. two like how that's all going to be handled when it's in theaters in other countries and not here it's usually a reverse right um, sometimes international dates can get screwy and stuff gets released early there. Like a lot of Marvel movies came out earlier international than they did here, but only by like yeah. a week or two. Not like yeah, exactly. Only by a week or two. So it's, yeah, it's something like where it's like out for months. Uh, doesn't usually happen. I, I, it's really strange that the movie is done and ready to be viewed. It's yeah. done. I mean, given who Christopher Nolan is, this isn't going to happen. But I would really love for this movie. Like, this movie could be like a $100 VOD and I'd probably buy it. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, um, I agree. But like and I said, know that's not going to happen. But like, not, not with Nolan. <laughs> yeah. Even if the movie theater opens, I'm not going. So... Yeah. What if they put it at like 40? Do you think it would get a ton of views? At forty, yes, totally. I mean, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna release Mulan on Disney Plus for thirty dollars. They can fucking do this. You know, they can charge double that for Tenant and just be and be just fine. I think. Hey man, you know Disney has um, reported. I think their first quarterly um, loss loss in like twenty years A or something. Really like long that. time. Yeah, you got to figure all those bajillion people rolling through the theme parks, not at the theme parks, is is hurting biz. Yeah, and all the movies not in the theaters that they're not getting. Yeah, anything considering for. that every third movie is basically a Disney movie, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's it's kind of crazy to remember how many different properties they now control. Nish, um, I've been watching some stuff casually as I went uh, as I've gone over the last couple of weeks, and um, I wanted to talk to you about this Indian matchmaker show that I watched. Right. So I've heard about this, have not watched it. It's on Netflix, correct? It is. Uh, I think I'm like five of the seven episodes in and it's. I'll ask Paul this question. (laughs) If you had to guess how big an industry matchmaking in India is every year, throw a number out there how big that market is. I mean, I have no baseline by which to judge this, but I'm going to say it is a $200 million a year operation. You're way low. (laughs) <laughs> okay two billion dollars a year you're way low <laughs> two and a half billion no uh <laughs> it's like fucking 50 billion dollars a year wow it's that's crazy it's like yeah it's a it's a crazy industry and it basically follows the top indian matchmaker and it's interesting is um is this is this in india or is it in the u.s or or in one, developing countries or one uh, developed pers- i should say 
they follow a number of singles, if you will. Yeah. Right. Um, but most of them are here in the U.S. I think okay. there's one per, one person that was in India thus far that I've made it to. Um, interesting. One of them's from Denville, New Jersey. Oh, um, interesting. The, ne- okay. the next town over from where I'm at. Um, and she's going on dates and like. Montclair and South Orange and Jersey City and all these yeah, places it's all, all around, around, the place. around yeah. where we are. Um, maybe too personal. Were your parents arranged? I know you're like no. how like because they talk about arranged versus love marriage and like the whole concept of right, it is right, like right. so yeah. foreign to us as as Americans, right? Yeah, no, my parents were not arranged. They they met here just like people meet. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. you. I think you'd probably find it interesting. It was uh, recommended by my buddy Rohan, who is um, also like parents not arranged, met here, same thing. Um, the viewpoints and the way the way the way the uh, the, the arranged marriage system works is just is interesting. I, I I assume like it is sort of pitched in a way. It's it's like kind of like an intro to like people who don't know what that matchmaking industry is like it like it's you know it's it's basically for like americans kind of or like you know or westerners mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's like hey this is what this is and this is kind of how it works and here's how some people kind of go through it i've got a couple of friends that have been arranged um mm-hmm. still i'm shocked that it still happens now mm-hmm. this is not so much arranged in that she's a matchmaker not an arranged marriage um which I guess is very different. Um, or yeah, yeah, I guess it's different. But you know, there's there's a similar, there's a bit of an idea there. I guess, I guess it's yeah. you know, I guess if since it's a matchmaker, it's like not that different in certain ways from like what is it like millionaire matchmaker or whatever on like Bravo. Hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, recommended watch, not because of the concept, but the characters are actually pretty interesting and, and, and appealing there. It's a, it's a wide swath of Indian Americans. Some are just like very Westernized and some are not in the very least, yeah. but living here. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm sure that would be, yeah, I would like to watch that. Like you said, just because I'm sure I would recognize a lot of those, not, not literally recognize the people but like recognize that type of person. Like, it's like, oh yeah, I know, I know that person. Yeah. 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 Uh, trying to think if there's anything else of interest I watched. Um, one movie I enjoyed watching was Killing Gunther. Have you guys heard of this movie? No. no. Is it about Gunther from Friends? The person that plays Gun. <laughs> the person that plays Gunther is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, uh, okay. So not He's, Gunther. So from yes. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> plays Gunther from Friends. It's about a bunch of professional assassins, basically, and the best assassin of all of them is Gunther, and everybody's decided they want to kill Gunther and the hunt for him. Arnold Schwarzenegger's in the movie for maybe ten minutes, but they're uh, glorious. This is, 10 yeah, minutes. this is interesting. So this is. Written and directed by Taron Killam mm-hmm. and uh, and stars him and his wife, Kobe Smulders, and uh, and Bobby Moynihan. Yeah, that's good. Not that's not right, not the threesome I would have expected to be with Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Killing Gunther. I might try that one out. That seems kind of interesting. Oh, you know what I wanted to tell you, Nish, is um, I watched Palm Springs. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, right. It's 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 good. I like like I said, it's it's a uh, 
it's a good twist on the you know on kind of a familiar formula and it's uh, it's definitely worth a watch yeah like it breeze by yeah easily yeah like i said 90 minutes man it it it, <laughs> yeah. it breezes by and uh i one thing i didn't mention i don't think yeah when i reviewed it for the mini flakes but you know since we're talking about it now is that um I also think like Andy Samberg and Christian Milioti are just they're a nice couple. They're they're like they're cool to hang around with. Like you like being with them for 90 minutes is what I would say generally, even though they're like kind of fucked up people in the movie. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny. Yeah. Like we do these podcasts. We try and make them as like professional and entertaining as we can. I listened to the podcast and then I watched the movie. I was like, damn, like I could have asked so many better questions of Nish while we were recording that thing. <laughs> Well, that's how it goes. We can always uh, go back and do a re uh, Palm Springs mini flex. That's something people do, right? Just, I... just, just, just re put out there. We can reboot, <laughs> re reboot that episode. I don't think that's the way that works. No, they they don't do pod podcast reboots. Uh, isn't Podflix a podcast reboot? Yeah, as a whole? I guess just it is. in concept. This is a good point. All right, guys, I think we have talked ourselves through this episode enough. Um, next uh, next time we uh, have a Podflix episode, um, what are we watching? We decided what it was, and now I don't remember. Oh, I do remember now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Will, you want to talk I, about it? Well, part of the last mini flicks, we had joked about a couple of Black Mirror episodes, and then it came to my attention, neither of you have seen any of the black mirrors. So uh, I picked two of my favorite episodes. I take that back. I picked my favorite episode and then I picked the one I think we'll argue about the most. All right. So we're going to watch two black mirror episodes and uh, talk about them. The two black mirror episodes we're going to be watching are nosedive, which is the first episode of season three of black mirror and USS Callister, which is the first episode of season four of black mirror. So we're going to watch those two episodes. It's about, what they're each about an hour, right? So two hours total. Yeah, forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah, something like right. that. And uh, yeah, Paul and I will finally see what this whole Black Mirror thing is all about. Um, it, it it is funny because Black Mirror, like on paper, Black Mirror feels like the kind of thing that, um, at the very least, like twenty-something me and Paul would have been like all over. Like, <laughs> yes, but but you know, it, it just for whatever reason, I, I've just never been able to get to it or just it's been sold as something that's so dark to me in some ways that i've just been like i don't know if i want to commit to that yeah so, you, uh, you were gonna say for whatever reason like i fucking know the reason it's like hey you want to watch enough. a show about how bleak life is like no <laughs> yeah. fucking i don't like i don't want to watch that uh, fair enough yeah i'll say this much neither of these episodes are particularly dark dark where you're gonna come out wanting to kill yourself type of dark um, yeah fair enough and and two episodes i can i can commit to two episodes that's there's, not... there, there's definitely some fucked up things that happens in both, but not to the point where like there are some there are some dark, deep shit in other episodes. These are these are good entry uh, entry into Black Mirror without going too deep into the darkness. Right. Fair enough. I've not seen the one. There, there's one that's like a choose your own adventure, and I have not seen that episode. Um, I don't think it's supported by Apple TV. Yeah, I heard about that. Was that like when they the first that was like a first episode of another season, right? Season five or six or I don't know how many of mm. these there are, but I definitely heard about yeah. that. I've definitely heard about a lot of Black Mirror episodes without actually ever seeing them. 
so that, yeah. so that says, some, says something about the show that you know it definitely is in the zeitgeist, so to speak. I mean, one of the nice things is right there. Every season is four episodes or five episodes, and the they're like the Twilight Zone, right? Independent little things, right? So right. You could easily binge watch all of them, or just pick one off at a time when you're bored. You just have to pay attention. You can't be bored and like fucking around Reddit. You, you, you got to pay attention. Speaking of which, really quick question for you guys. Have you guys watched the Twilight Zone at all since we mentioned the Twilight Zone? Meaning nope. the new, new one? Yes. Meaning the new Twilight no. Zone. Yeah, I have yeah. not either. I'm just curious. Is that that's on CBS All Access? Am I correct? I believe you are correct. Yes. Yeah. So what about um, Unsolved Mysteries? Have you guys watched that? No, I no, haven't watched that I, either. I'm super bummed because my wife went ahead and watched the whole thing without me. So now I have to find time to go watch it. But fair enough. I just don't know if it'll be the same with no Robert Stack. Oh, it won't be the same. Yeah. I've got no interest without Robert Stack. I want to get I might have to get a Robert Stack soundboard so I can just like <laughs> click on different things to different little things that he would say. Unsolved Mysteries. This is a total tangent. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries. I have a distinct memory of the first episode I watched of Unsolved Mysteries, and I must have been seven years old. And I was in Miami, and my parents were like hanging out with a friend and left us with a babysitter in Miami so they could go. They were probably getting wasted in South Beach somewhere. Who knows? Um, but I just remember being in the stranger's house with a strange babysitter watching Unsolved Mysteries and being freaked the fuck out. Scared out, out like of your seven. mind. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine. Any any time I watched Unsolved Mysteries, if it, like the thing for me always was like any like any alien abduction thing or whatever, it was always like, oh my God, I'm never watching this again. Yep, those, those ones always, always scared the pants off me. Those were always the ones that got to me too. That, it, yeah. It scared the crap out of me. Yeah, God, I love it, that show. I, it always made me feel that it's like aliens were gonna like crawl into my bedroom window at night or something like that. Yeah, well, can I a, make a t- yeah. can I make a total irrational fear that I had as a child? Do it. I remember watching the movie JFK, and I was just <laughs> frightened beyond belief that the mafia was gonna come and kill me. How old were oh. you when you were watching JFK? Twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Oh, I I have a similar one like that. <laughs> Uh, when we were all, uh, I guess we would have, we would have all pretty much been like eight, eight or nine. Um, it was the hundredth anniversary <laughs> of the Jack the Ripper killings. And there was this <laughs> like Jack the Ripper special. And somehow I ended up watching it. I was fucking eight. <laughs> and I just, I like was scared to death that I was going to wake up in the middle of the night. And it wasn't good that someone was going to be there. I was just going to wake up in the middle of the night and for some reason be like, I have to go to my parents' bedroom and I would go in there and they would be like ripped apart. Like they're like entrails would be all over the place and shit that's like that. That's fucking dark. I you're know. afraid of black mirror. Like that's what I'm saying. Brain is that's, not safe. That's space. what I'm saying. I'm, I'm amazed that I am as well adjusted as I am now, considering that was one of the things that like for a solid, like three or four months, I was like scared to death of. Ugh. Like I think about it now and it's like, what were my parents doing? Letting me watch that. <laughs> Jack the fucking Ripper. Clearly not hugging you enough. I, yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Do you ever wonder, now that we have our own kids, I, I constantly wonder, I'm like, what am I doing right now that is totally fucking this Oh, show? I wonder that every single day. 
every single They'll come day. back to me when they're 30 be like dad you were too this or yeah. you didn't do this enough yeah. for me dad what the hell were you up. doing letting me watch this or listen to that or you know yep it's a strange thing yeah i, I mean know. i did binge the entire first and second seasons of mindhunter with oscar the other day so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> the funny thing is right i look at my parents who had me at 26 and 24 and now i totally get i'm like oh you guys were idiots you were like in your 20s like i know isn't that crazy to think about where it's like you didn't know what you're doing yeah (laughs) which doesn't make me feel any better because i'm like i'm fucking 40 i should know better by now i don't have an excuse for fucking up my children i'm just doing it yeah yeah but but at least you know you are that's that's that, that that's a step. You you know that somehow you were fucking them up. I know. I not am. know exactly. I have how. no idea what I'm doing. Right. I, I just have no clue. But you know it's happening. You're like, oh, they're gonna blame me for something. <laughs> Dad, you didn't let me on social media till I was 16, and now I'm the weird kid. Exactly. <laughs> now I'm the weird kid. <laughs> I really hope he says that to you. That'd be amazing. Well, I know how I'm fucking up my kid. I'm letting her watch Hole in the Wall. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That has been documented for all time. You'll know this much. When Amelia's 16 and her goal is to be shaved like a martini glass, we'll we'll know why. Yes. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. Summing up. Uh, Old Guard. Paul and I were disappointed. Willie really loved it. Uh, next show, we're watching two Black Mirror episodes, Nosedive and USS Callister. Um, Paul, how can people contact us? Can they at all? Is, are, are, is there any way for people to contact us? Totally. There is one way, uh, okay. but I'm not going to tell you what it is. No, um, okay. <laughs> it is to email us at podflix at gmail.com. Uh, and that's nobody, it. Nobody does it, but you could do it. Yeah, it, it would theoretically be possible to do it, and we would theoretically see that email. Yeah, I can confirm it works. I got a spam message there no, no, this no. week. Ooh. We would definitive we would definitively see it. Yeah. What we, what uh what do. what was the spam email? Is it penis enlargement pills? Uh no, it was it was um Prince podcast, of Nigeria. It was podcast related. Could you please add your podcast oh. to my directory? I came up with some kind of automatic recommendation engine for podcasts. Uh, that's right. It wasn't the deposed Prince of Nigeria asking to join our podcast. Oh, no, because he would fucking be on right now if he did that. That's true. His father ran the country. We haven't done an interview on this show since Steve Swayze. That's true. We could we could get that prince in Nigeria. I like to think we peaked early. (laughs) Like Chiwetel, right? That's right. 